Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynette, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Thursday, July the 25th, 2019. We are reading from the big book, and we are on page 43, the second paragraph. Many doctors and psychiatrists agree. We'll be reading that one paragraph and commenting on that only. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Diana S., 12 Traditions, Lois G., and readers of the text, Catherine C., Anita L., and Katie G. The share ID numbers for Wednesday, July the 24th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 13191, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 13193. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Diana S. to read the 12 steps. Press star one to unmute, Diana. Thank you. Sorry, I was talking. <laughs> Good morning. This is Diana S. I'm going to do the 12 steps in Arkansas. Um, step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, accepting to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and knew wrong promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Diana S. And I'll now ask Lois G. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you. This is Lois G. in Michigan, compulsive overeater. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve. Thank you, Lois G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 43, the second paragraph. Many doctors and psychiatrists agree. And we'll be reading that one paragraph and commenting on that only. And I'd like to ask Catherine C. to read for us, please. Hi, this is Catherine C. Compulsive Recover Compulsive Overeater from Virginia. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Okay, perfect. All right. Many doctors and psychiatrists agree with our conclusions. One of these men, staff member of a world-renowned hospital, 
recently made this statement to some of us. What you say about the general hopelessness about the average alcoholic's plight is, in my opinion, correct. As two, two of you men whose stories I have heard, there is no doubt in my mind that you were 100, 100% hopeless apart from divine help. Had you offered yourselves to, as patients at this hospital, I would have not taken you if I had been able to avoid it. People like you are too heartbreaking. Though not a religious person, I have profound respect for the spiritual approach in such cases as yours. For most cases, there is virtually no other solution. Again, I'm Catherine C. from Virginia. Um, I think this paragraph really sums up what Bill, the, the home run point Bill is trying to make with this chapter more about alcoholism. And I think that point is that I am 100% screwed and I have no other way of getting better except a spiritual solution. And we can see that through the different excuses, he, uh, characters he presents and different excuses he presents and then smashes those excuses. So we first see the man of 30 who thinks after a long period of sobriety he can take a drink. Then we see young the young person who thinks that because they don't have a lot of time. They still have they still have the self discipline to moderate. Then we see Jim who had a bad day and he thought that he made the rash decision that just whiskey and milk would be okay. And then we see Fred who had had a good day and he was intelligent and well balanced and yet for some reason he still drank. Um, and from my own experience and my own getting to this place, I always wondered, how do I get to this place of hopelessness? And I remember I would I would do all this work and I would do all this, I would make phone calls and do all these things. And yet something that we've been talking about for the past few days when we're in this chapter is it wasn't from head to heart. I didn't know I didn't know in my heart, my heart of heart that I was done, that I had nothing less left. I had nothing left. And that I was out of questioning, I was out of trying to make excuses, and I just wasn't done. I just wasn't in my heart knowing that I'm done and there's nothing else for me. God help me. The ultimate prayer, just God help me. I can't do this anymore. Um, And with that, I pass. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Catherine C. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. I'd like to encourage those who... Okay, if you just hang on a sec, guys. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last day or two to take this opportunity. And please say your name just once as it helps me hear everybody. So I heard Harlan G. and there was somebody else. Elizabeth G. Larry K. Yeah, okay. I have Harlan G., Elizabeth, Larry K., Tara W. Chrissy Jane. Okay, I've got Harlan G., Elizabeth, Larry K., Somebody W., and Chrissy J. Tara W. Tara, okay. All right, let's go with that lineup. So we've got Harlan G., Elizabeth, Larry K., Tara W. and Chrissy Jane. Harlan, please start us off. 
Thank you very much, Lynn. Thanks for your service, and thanks to Team Thursday for making this magnificent meeting possible. Uh, I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. In the doctor's opinion, Dr. Silkworth's uh, opinion on page XXVII or 27 in Roman numerals, in the middle of the page, there is a paragraph that begins with We Doctors. That paragraph is not an admission of powerlessness of the alcoholic over alcohol. It's an admission of powerlessness of the physician over the alcoholic. The physician who's writing this or referred to in this paragraph is Dr. Percy Pollock. Dr. Percy Pollock ran into um, meeting Silkworth at Bellevue. They both studied at Bellevue, and Percy Pollock stayed there. But Dr. Pollock is talking to Bill Wilson, he's talking to Silkworth, so his ideas came into the big book. And what he is saying is this, there is nothing that medical science, there is nothing of this earth that is going to help the addict. The compulsive overeater has nothing to rely on that is of this earth. We keep trying to think that if we can just blast our self-will into the world and blast our self-will into the people closest to us, that somehow, someday, when everything gets aligned, and of course this is going to be addressed much more in Chapter 5 in the description of selfishness and self-seeking, but the general hopelessness of the average alcoholic's plight is, in my opinion, and he's a doctor, correct. As to the two of you men you, whose stories I have heard, there is no doubt in my mind that you were 100% hopeless apart from divine help. Had you offered yourselves as patients in this hospital, I would not have taken you if I had been able to avoid it. What we're going to see in this paragraph and the one we're going to read tomorrow is a reiteration of the idea that the big book wants to cement home before we begin step two and that is this thought only a spiritual awakening as the result of working the steps is going to affect a recovery abstinence alone is not going to affect a recovery Discipline alone is not going to affect a recovery. Self-knowledge alone is not going to affect a recovery. The only method that we have of achieving a recovery is through the working of the steps to affect a spiritual awakening therefrom. And what is the reason that we need this? Because food was never the problem in the first place Food was the solution to the problem. The problem was the, is the buildup of human emotion. And the buildup of human emotion is kept in check by the working of the steps. And only the working of the steps. There is no other solution. Tomorrow we're going to read the line that says, His defense must come from a higher power. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Harlan G. And Elizabeth, it's your turn. And could I have the initial of your last name, please? 
Yes, can I be heard? Yes, thank you. It is D as in Donald. My name is Elizabeth D. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. I'm profoundly grateful that I am on this meeting this morning. Um, I haven't been able to get to a meeting in a while, and um, this is the shot in the arm that I really needed. Please excuse the, the, the metaphor. Um, I, someone said to me once a long time ago, uh, willingness is overrated. Don't pray for willingness. Pray for desperation. And I really didn't understand what that meant at the time. But after a couple, of, a couple more relapses, and by the way, my relapses don't get better. They always get worse. After a couple of relapses, I, I finally, and, and particularly this last one, I finally understand, understood that praying for desperation is what I needed to do all along. And that's what I pray for today, that I will remain desperate to have the way of life that, I, that my higher power is giving me as a result of entire abstinence and working the steps of this program. Um, I relapsed over and over and over, and I was doing the disciplines, and I was doing the tools, and I was going to meetings, and I just, I didn't know why, I kept relapsing until I was at the absolute bottom. Or, I don't know if it's the absolute bottom. There's another bottom out there anytime I want it. Because I have a daily reprieve contingent upon working these steps every single day. These doctors are correct in my case. There is no other solution for me other than entire abstinence and working the steps in order to get as, continue to get closer and enlarge my spiritual life through these steps and through a relationship with the higher power. Um, so I'm grateful and I continue to pray for that gift of desperation. And some people say uh, the definition of God, G-O-D, is gift of desperation. And in my case, I certainly agree with that. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth B. Larry Kay, it's your turn, followed by Kara W. Good morning, Lynn. Thanks so much for your service. Larry Kay recovered. The... Um, for most people, it says there is virtually no other solution. I'd like to speak metaphorically for a moment about this hopelessness. A person who is choking to death does not save themselves. They have to allow themselves to be saved. In other words, they have to cooperate. Did you know that a person who is drowning can actually take actions that are in defiance of being saved by the lifeguard? So in the, in the very midst of their struggle, they often fight the lifeguard and they ultimately drown and maybe they take the lifeguard with them. You know, how often do people in a way define divine help like the drowning or choking person, they continue to fight the very power that can bring freedom. See, I have found that there are two ways that I can remain blocked from the sunlight of the spirit, resisting, resistance and clinging. In other words, I am either pushing the power away Maybe something's bothering me, usually for me, pride and ego, or maybe I'm trying to keep a tight hold, a tight grasp on something that is artificially giving me a sense of ease and comfort. See, in both cases, my ego does not let them pass 
And I, I can waste a lot of energy by blocking the flow of God's power through resistance and fight or tight clinging, running the show. See, the alternative through the daily application of the 12 steps is kind of like harnessing the ability to, to access that power instead of clinging to it or pushing it away. If we're willing to experience the gift of life instead of fighting with it, you'll be moved to the very depths of your being. It's like there's a, a, you know, a beautiful experience of love that pours through your whole being, and, and this is going on inside you at all times, regardless of what's happening in your life right now. You know, am I the drowning or choking person that's defying and fighting? Or am I allowing myself, if you're thrashing around in quicksand, you don't save yourself. Oh, no, you'll go down faster. You need to allow yourself to be saved and pulled from the quicksand. We stop, we, we stop trying to make the 12 steps work for us and begin to allow the divine miracle of this program of action to flow into us just as gently as if a wave were taking us. And I never saw that. I thought it came with fight and resistance and clinging and tight grasp. And it's none of those things. Am I treating the steps as like I'm floating down a lazy river or am I, you know, divine river? Or am I fighting and resisting as if this was a tsunami? It's not. Resistance isn't met with peace. Resistance is met with its equivalent, more resistance. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Kara W., it's your turn, followed by Chrissy James. Hi, yes, my name is Tara W. I'm from New York City. Um, I just wanted to uh, share on the reading, and the word that stuck out to me was hopeless. And, um, you know, I really thought for many, many years uh, of being in OA. Um, I came in at 27, I'm 46 now, and I really thought that I was hopeless. Um, I really, I really wanted to stop eating. I really thought I was hopeless. I really did. I thought that I, I, you know, I knew that I was powerless. I knew that, like, if I picked up a bite that I was going to continue to eat it. I knew. Um, but like it says, self-knowledge avails us nothing, you know. Um, I didn't realize that, like, my, the, where I thought I wasn't hopeless. I don't know how to explain it, but I, you know, I I had hope that if I just got the right food sponsor, I had hope that if I just got the right food plan, I had hope that um, if I just picked up the phone this time, I wouldn't take that compulsive bite. I had hope that if I went to enough meetings, I had hope. And I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. I had hope. I still had hope that even bawling my eyes out and sitting in front of the grocery grocery store or sitting in the parking lot of, you know, a, a Pizza Hut or, or whatever my binge food was, that, uh, that it was going to make me just give me this comfort just this one time, just this one time. And it finally, after like figuring out that that was my solution, it finally occurred to me that until and I heard it in the meeting that until I I stopped figuring out that I had that, that I had a solution that that I was putting the solution in the food that that's what I gave up when that's when I became hopeless when I realized that that was really the answer that like 
I had to let go of my solution that I was it was absolutely hopeless for me to pick up the food and think that it was going to to give me something to give me comfort to give me you know something whatever it is that solution is um I'm not sure if I, I made sense I just I'm not used to sharing but it that's where it came to after 18 years I realized that every time I picked up the food, that there was still a hope that it was gonna it was gonna solve my problem, it was gonna give me comfort. And I really, you know, and, and I had to figure out all those other things. And I'm not saying meetings, I'm not saying sponsors, I'm not saying you know, um a food plan or whatever, you know, aren't aren't helpful. But it really did come down to that step one of realizing that the food is not the solution for me. And every time, okay, I'll wrap up. Every time I was picking it up, I was still had that hope that it was the solution. And uh, anyway, uh, I had that experience uh, and uh, I gave up. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Kara W. And Chrissy Jane. It's your turn. This is Chrissy Jane, a compulsive reader. Uh, I found that even though I'd worked the steps, I always got stuck on step two, that I need to grow spiritually. One of the things that my sponsor said that really upset me was that God was my friend. God was my friend. It says in the big book that he's my employer. He's upset me. Why would this upset me? I felt like I was doing the program. I'm praying. I'm meditating. I needed to grow spiritually. My, I was. I needed to grow. So I had been. I got stuck. I needed to grow here. Yeah. And I'm very serious about the program. Everybody says I'm too serious. Yes, I am. I'm very enthusiastic. I'm very serious. And and, and I have written in my kitchen, God is everything or he is nothing. And I say that over and over to myself. God is my friend. He's my friend. He's not going to let anything bad happen to me. Chrissy Jane, we're having trouble hearing you. If you could speak up a little, please. I'm sorry. God is my friend. God is not going to let anything happen to me. I have to give myself totally to this program. I have to give myself totally to the steps. When I work each step, I have to give my whole heart to each step. I have to give myself wholeheartedly when I, and I'm not doing it. I'm just giving, I'm just, I'm doing the first step, but I'm giving myself to the rest of the steps. I'm giving, I'm binding my shortcomings. I am laying them out in the sunlight so that God can remove them. But I am not doing them. 
I am laying them out in the sunlight. I am laying out my four-step in the sunlight so God can remove them, and I am studying my bees, what it is that God wants me to be, to be calm, to be secure in his faith, to look to him for everything, and studying my bees all the time in my meditation and in what he wants me to be. And at that, I pass. Time, please. Thank you. Thank you, Chrissy James. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later, we are on page 43, the second paragraph. Many doctors and psychiatrists agree. So I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last day or two to take this opportunity to share. And please say your name just once. It helps me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Katie G. from Boston. Carmela G. Hudson L. I heard Katie G. and Carmela G. and Hudson L. There was somebody before Hudson L.? Melissa C. John L. Cindy M. Perfect. That's a great lineup. Thank you. Let me tell you who I heard. I've got Katie G., Carmela G., Hudson L., Melissa C., John L., and Cindy M. Katie G., can you start us off, please? I can. Good morning, Lynn. <clears throat> Good morning, my fellow. This is Katie G. Recovered in Boston. And um, I, too, love this piece about it has to be a spiritual approach, right, that I'm 100% hopeless. And, um, you know, if you told my doctors <laughs> that uh, if my doctors that were treating me, they uh, they wouldn't have told me to um, get divine help. But thank you, God, for this <clears throat> solution. And, you know, it's not... Um, I'm grateful today to know that my answer is not going to church. It's not going to temple. It's not it's not going um to religion, although church and temple and you know wherever you find God is is wonderful. But what I love about this book is that it tells me what my problem is, which is I have no power. What my solution is, which is power, but then there are a bunch of other steps guiding me how to get that power, right? Because I'm the I know guy. I'm the unteachable guy. I'm the, you know what, I got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Like, I I got it. I got this. I don't need anybody, you know. And what has been so profound for me in the, um, since October of 2015 when I came back from um, a relapse with exercise bulimia is that um, you guys are teaching me how to get to God, how to uncover, discover, and discard everything that's not me that is God. And um, I know I shared this recently, but it bears repeating for me is that um, I did a step five recently, and you know I really thought my sponsor was going to come back and say, all right, here are the strategies for dealing with hubs. Here are the strategies for, for dealing with your medical treatment. Here are the strategies for dealing with everything, right? And I would even pause dramatically just to make sure in case you want to get in that like one or two feedback on my turnaround. And so being the sponsor and channeling God, of course, she comes back to me and says, Katie, this is all about your relationship with God. 
if I work on my relationship with God, I will get right with all of you. If I work on my relationship with God, I will get right with me. I will get right with God. And um, thank you, God. You know, um, this, is a, this is a program that works in all times, right, in all circumstances. But I have to remember, too, like I, I'm not to do this alone. Like for me, God works through other people. And the people who have long-term contented abstinence are the people who are recovered, who are disciplined about their food. They're not saying they're recovered and yet they're eating. They're not saying they're on step four and, that the, and yet they're eating. They have entire abstinence and they have a relationship with power through the working every day of these steps. And as a recovered woman, I'll just wrap up with this. I just, it is a privilege to say I'm recovered for these 24 hours and it will only be a privilege if I continue to grow through these 12 steps and a relationship with power and that I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Carmela G, it's your turn, followed by Hudson L. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. Thank you all on the line for all your beautiful shares. This is Carmela G from New York, a grateful compulsive over either recovered for today through the grace of my higher power that I call God. Um, this paragraph reminded me of when, when I was in disease for 60 years of my life, over 60 years, thinking that I had spirituality, I had a connection, but my relationship with people and, and food, I was out to prove that Carmela was an important person. And every day I would go out there and fight the fight in my career and in, in my relationships and try to win. I wanted to win every single day. I wanted to show the world Carmela could do it. And the reality is I was pushing away God. I was pushing all the love and gentleness he wanted to give me because I was fighting so hard to prove. So my anger increased. My need for my food increased because that was my soother. I needed to soothe the bruised ego every night. So I had to shove that food in today through my higher power. Every day when I wake up, I make that connection and know that this God loves me, wants me to be happy. I don't need the anger. I don't need to prove how important I am because we are all unique and we are all important to all of those who love us if we only show love kindness and tolerance and if we follow the principle of honesty and being of maximum service first to God and then to our fellows we will be cherished by everyone and for those who do not cherish us or who we irritate that's okay 
maybe we're going to stimulate something in their mind that will bring them closer to their higher power. And the only one I need to please today is God, because God will direct me to do the right thing if I only stay out of his way. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Carmela G. Hudson L., it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Hi, did you say my name? This is Hudson L. Yes, please go ahead. Hi. Hi. Um, this is Hudson L. in Missouri, and uh, I'm sharing mostly because it's been a while since I shared, and I'm, I got the phone on me today, and I know that's a part, a huge part of my program to uh, share what's on my heart and and, and share with uh, pure honesty. And um, I'm walking. I'm going to get to a place where I can sit down. Um, so I just wanted to say that um, uh, the two things that I am kind of hearing over and over is hope and um, connection or relationship with, with God or spirit. And um, for me, that's the that's the pure essence of the program. Um, I agree that yes, uh, people in the form of sponsorship and fellows and those relationships are valuable. Uh, but for me, as a very egocentric person, um, when I intertwine when I get kind of lost in what other people might be thinking of how I am, how I'm moving, how I'm recovering, am I fully recovered, what does that look like, I get really, really lost. And the um, the only way I can find myself back to truth is, is with my relationship with my God and um, how how that is going and how I'm sitting in that relationship. And yes, I I, um, I do value my relationships very much with with program people, but more than anything, when it comes down to everything, it's how do I sit in this relationship with my spirit, and how do I practice and cultivate and enrich that relationship? And uh, lately, I've 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 not been very effective uh, until this morning, and so. Um, I just had a really blessed morning with with that connection and remembering that it is spiritual progress and not spiritual perfection and that I am always, there's always hope. Um, I have someone who, who says to me or used to say to me frequently, as long as there's breath, there's hope. And I want to say that to any newcomer and to anyone who's struggling in the program, that there's always hope and there's always spirit to reach out to and to find and to connect to. And, of course, there's always your fellows. Um, so I feel really enriched this morning by just just being able to have some solid connection time with spirit and hear all these wonderful voices on the line. So with that, I, I will pass. Thank you, Hudson L. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by John L. Hi, 
Good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service this morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in New York, and I'm sending my timer. Um, you know, there's like no doubt that I am 100% hopeless apart from divine help, and and that's the important part of that statement, apart from divine help. So I'm actually not hopeless. You know, I actually have tremendous hope. Um, I ha- I have the potential for complete restoration, and and so does everybody, you know, so long as we have divine help. Um, you know, so like today, I can say I'm 100% hopeful. You know, everybody that I interact with and myself has the potential to be recovered. Um, you know, and that's our message here in this group, like that we can be recovered um, so long as we receive divine help. And, you know, um, the beautiful thing is is that um, we have the recipe right here, step-by-step directions for um, creating that experience, you know, for, for having a miracle. We need a miracle. And good news, we have the directions for how to get one. And, um, you know, so as long as I seek divine intervention, um I can be free. And, you know, the the part here that um, makes my heart ache a little bit is that, um, you know, if offered as patients at the hospital, I would not have taken you had I been able to avoid it because people like you are too heartbreaking. And, you know, there's a terrible sadness um, I felt at being a woman um, that doctors and weight loss consultants and personal trainers avoided taking on. You know, um, I didn't want to be a heartbreaking individual, you know, and and the truth is they all loved me in the beginning. You know, when I jumped in enthusiastic, full of willpower, because um, I always started out that way. You know, my problem was that um, I was not relying on divine intervention. I was relying on my intervention and their intervention. And so my willpower, it has an expiration date, and I couldn't maintain that commitment. And so, you know, within a short amount of time, I wasn't doing the things that these doctors and weight loss consultants and personal trainers suggested. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. And um, And so... They found me heartbreaking, and I, and I was so full of resentment because they avoided me, you know. And and the other thing is today, we have the opposite experience when we run into someone who is hopeless, who cannot do it on their own. That's when we jump in, so excited and enthusiastic because we have divine help. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. John L., it's your turn, followed by Cindy M. Good morning. This is John L. I'm a uh, recovered compulsive overeater in Arizona. And anyway, I was thinking about the reading this morning, and I realized, you know, it, it took me a long time to get to the place where uh, Roland Hazard was with uh, Dr. Zhang. And, oh, man, you know, normies just don't get me. 
they say these people can have a bite of cake and they're done. Oh, it's too sweet. Or, I'm not that way. And so other people out there that try to help me, they can't. They don't understand me. And, you know, there's a lot of commercial weight loss places out there that are very happy to take my money, and I know them all. Those places just turned me into a big yo-yo. My weight would go up. I could, but, you know, I could never stay on their little diet, and I'd always go back, and I'd come back in a vengeance. And so these things just weren't working for me. And the problem that I was having is I can't fight myself with myself. I need an outside power, a supernatural power, a God that mankind's been making a big fuss over since the dawn of time. This was what I had to turn to. And I'm just so grateful and so thankful for the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the 12 steps, because this taught me how to cut through all the fog out there about God and get right down to the brass tacks of who is God to me? How is this going to work for me? And how can this work in regards to my addiction? And it is working. And I'm just so grateful for this program and that I ended up here after years and years and years of just uh, floundering out there, bouncing up and down, doing exercise and all, all those other things. To, I, I just cannot. I am powerless over the food and no human power can really help me. And I need a higher power. That's all I have. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, John L. And Cindy M., it's your turn. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Um, this is Cindy M. from Cantil, Pennsylvania. <clears throat> I just uh, am listening to this and feeling so grateful that, um, you know, when Harlan said the biggest problem that we have is the buildup of human emotions, um, I, I, can, I can so relate to that, and I can see in my own life that um, I used to um, just have this running tape in my head and I would be trying to fix whatever I had done or whatever somebody else had done to me. I would just keep going over and over in my head. How do I fix this? How do I, you know, defending myself, feeling like I needed, you know, I I just, I was wronged. And um, now <clears throat> the cool thing is that um, I recognize when I'm doing that now, and I have a way to deal with it. You know, the 10th step is so, so powerful in my life. And um, this program, if I don't do that 10th step and be honest about it and do exactly what it says in the big book, I, I keep that, that tape keeps running, and I feel so disturbed. And if I don't deal with it, I'm going to eat. And, and it, you know, I'm not going to have a program. It's not going to matter. And my higher power, every single time I do that process of the 10th step, I feel like I met personally with the God of my understanding. And <clears throat> it's, it, it, it's just so, so powerful. 
and I feel such joy. You know, I might have to say what my part was. You know, what lie was I telling myself? And I don't feel humiliated. I feel humbled and then able to see somebody else's perspective and I'm able to pray for them or do whatever I need to do. Maybe go to them and, um, you know, say my part. Um, But it's just so amazing to me. And the recovery that I have now, um, it just feels so much better than anything, uh, any food that I could ever eat. And um, I just, you know, it's so clear to me that eating food over any emotion is going to just make it worse, whatever it is. So um, thank you so much for being there. And this meeting has been so powerful. I'm just so grateful to hear all of you. And um, thanks for listening and pass. Thank you, Cindy M. We have time for a couple of more shares. Who would like that spot? Hello, this is Jane. Barbara E. Okay, I heard there was somebody C and somebody and Barbara E. Who was the C? Jane B. Sorry, I still can't hear it. Jane? Jane. Jane. J-A-N-E. B. Jane C and Barbara E. Be as in boy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Jane. Boy, I'm making That's a mess okay. of your name. Okay, <laughs> let's go with Jane B and Barbara E. Please go ahead, Jane. Thank you so much. I really share on this part of the meeting. I'm a little shy, but I am grateful. I am Jane, and I am a hopeless, compulsive overeater, but grateful to be recovered today by God's grace. You know, I, I do love this paragraph and the, par- the, 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 the fact that I am 100% hopeless apart from divine help was not enough. I have to be 100% re- surrendered to that fact. I, I really believe that the resistance in me was at the point of, it was so insidious, I didn't even know that I had the resistance, I kept thinking, I'm just going to exert more will. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to make more calls. I'm going to be cleaner. I mean, I weigh and measure my food for two and a half years. Isn't that enough? No, it's not enough. And I believe today that I need to take this step 100%, as it says in the, in the step book, to, be, to believe I'm 100% powerless. I thought 99.9% is good enough. In fact, I I kind of prided myself on that. After all, it's progress, not perfection, right? Well, this is a lie I told myself. I had that little crack in in the armor. It It would certainly have a little leak eventually, and eventually it would be a tsunami. And I was always shocked that after a year of weight and measure abstinence and working with others and doing all this stuff, I I would concede to the disease again. And I would say to myself, I'm so baffled. What is wrong with me? I, I And then I would just say, oh, I don't even want to know. It's just too hopeless. And, um, you know, I've been around 20-something years, and I'm very, very grateful. I think the, the salute, I know the solution was food for me today yesterday but today it is not the solution is 
a higher power, a divine miracle, a divine spirit that's going to run my life instead of me running it to the ground like I did every day. So I, I, I gratefully, gratefully work my program and I, I, I submit, I, I do surrender and I do not fight the resistance in me has been smashed because of the many attempts for me to try to do it my way. So it's the opposite of resistance is surrender. And I did look up the definition and there's so many good words, cooperation, liberation, obedience, conformity. And that is exactly what step one for me is just conceding to my innermost self that I am hopeless, hopeless, compulsive old reader, except for divine help. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Jane B. And Barbara E., you'll be our last share today. Please go ahead. Thank you so much. I am up here in the beautiful Finger Lakes of New York with my family on our annual vacation. And it is so beautiful because I am no longer wanting to be the director where we should go, what we should do next, how you should eat. I am just a joyful participant. And life is so beautiful, whether it rains or it shines, and it's been shining, thank God, for all of us. And I felt I had to chime in today because at one time, for at least for me, most of the time I've surrendered to my food abstinence and other times I felt it was hopelessly impossible. If I were to be absent, would have to be with some reservations because that's the way I am. But when I complied to the best as I could one day at a time, I found it was possible. But I was still angry and afraid and sad and wondering what there was all there was to my life. However, I stayed. I never gave up. And with the practice, I allowed myself to feel my feelings and keep working the 12 steps. And I did discover, and I mean this with the inner ear of my heart, a serene abstinence. While many of us may have had to work hard over and over again to go to any length, when that joyous abstinence and experience of giving in and surrendering to the concept of a higher power, wrapping his arms joyfully around me and saying, I've got you, girl, it's wonderful. That's the wonderful paradox of this program. While abstinence often begins as surrender, we do not want to make. It becomes the key, at least for me, to a life beyond my wildest dreams. And I am so grateful for everything this has given to me. Joy, peace, surrender, acceptance, knowing I am not the director. I am simply a grateful, compulsive overeater going to bed at night, recovered and thanking God and waking up in the morning, an addict all over again, 
and grateful and thanking God for this program and this spiritual solution and finally accepting that I do have a disease that is permanent, progressive, and fatal, but there's a solution and I just had to wait for it and be patient because I couldn't make it happen to me. God had to make it happen to me. And here from the Finger Lakes, thank you for allowing me this time to share. I pass. And thank you, Barbara E. And thank you to everyone who shared and to Team Thursday for their service in July, Diana S., Lois G., Catherine C., Anita L., Katie G., Naomi B., and Sandy W. The share idea for today, Thursday, July 25th, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 13200. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Anita L. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. Before I read, I just want to say I am so grateful for this meeting today. It was a blessing, and I'm grateful to my higher power and my program. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.